Hey folks, um, thanks for jumping back in, sorry, podcast cut off, um, but it was actually a good, maybe, leaving, um, I do love Nick's harmonica, we were just talking about, he, he said he didn't know that, I didn't know that part of him, and there's so much about all of us that nobody knows, and if you get a chance to share part of you that is great, that still makes you feel good, it's enlightening it's amazing um right now i'm going to play a clip from joe rogan uh joe rogan's podcast uh with tyson fury it's his mma show 47 uh tyson fury it says is an undefeated british heavyweight boxer and on december 1st he challenges current undefeated champion deontay wilder for the WBC World Heavyweight Belt. And I think I started at the right point. We're going to try it, and then we're going to go from there. You're an interesting story, man, because uh, not just because of your personality, but because you're, you've come back from mental illness, and you're very, very open about it. Yeah. You know, I think that's, it's a, that's a very unique thing. Right? I remember when you, when you beat Klitschko and won the title, and then you kind of went off the rails and i thought you were just partying you know when when yeah. i heard about it i thought well guy made a shitload of money became the heavyweight champion all the pressure in the press and all the craziness but it was more than that it was more than that it, it started off like i'd suffered with mental health problems my whole life but i didn't know what it was because i never had no education on the matter um and it wasn't until after the glitch go fight a very massive high then i had to have a even worse or low, lowest low that anyone could ever have. Um, I'd wake up and i think, why did I wake up this morning? This is coming from a man who had everything, money, fame, glory, titles, a wife, a family, kids, everything. But I felt as if I had nothing. I felt there was an empty, gaping hole that was just filled with gloom and doom. And it just it. one bad thing happened to me after another. With a hey. Within seven days, the IBF stripped me of their title because I couldn't defend against Glasgow, who was a nobody, because I had a rematch clause with Vladimir. But the IBF wasn't expecting me to beat Vladimir, so they chucked that clause in there anyway, thinking Vladimir's going to win here to defend against Glasgow. But because I won, they they stripped me of the belt, which is none of my reason. Within seven days of the fight? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. How can they require you to fight within seven days no they didn't but they required me to, to go into negotiations sign. and you didn't so just not going into negotiations to sign they stripped you within seven days yeah but they knew I couldn't go into negotiations because of a rematch clause so I was stuck in between a rock and a hard place and, and that's what happened that was one belt gone and then my team and Klitschko's team were carrying on about where the flight was going to be. It was going to be on a cruise ship in Dubai. It was going to be here. It was going to be there. Time was dragging on. A cruise ship? A cruise ship, yeah. There was some um, Arab billionaire who wanted to make this flight an exclusive flight for him and his buddies. No. Yeah. Um, Come on. Seriously. This flight was heading for a cruise ship. That fucking oil money, man. The rematch. How yeah. come the rematch never happened? The rematch didn't happen initially because I went over on my ankle in training. Um, I was in Holland training for the rematch and I was running up on heavy terrain and I went over on my ankle, sprained my ankle quite badly so we had to postpone the fight and by, by the time I was off, like say three months getting his ankle right and all that 
just I just didn't want to do it anymore, if you know what I mean. I didn't have the desire. The fire wasn't burning no longer to fight. And I was suffering with depression the whole time. Even in training camp, before I sprained my ankle, I was depressed as depressed could be on a daily basis. And I think, why am I feeling like this? I don't have no reason to feel like it. Some people will say, oh, well, it's attention-seeking or whatever. But unless you've experienced what I'm saying, it's sort of impossible to understand where I've been or where I've come from. And it just went from bad to worse. Um, I hit the drink heavily on a daily basis. I hit the drugs. Um, I was out all night partying with, with uh, women of the night and not coming home. And You know, I didn't care about boxing. I didn't care about living. I just wanted to die. And I was going to have a good time doing it while I was doing it. I used to drink and take drugs to get away from the depression because when I was drunk or high, then I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't think about being depressed. I thought about being I'm a, a boxing champion or I'm a, I feel great. But as we know, when the drink wears off, it only leaves you with a bad hangover and feeling even more depressed. For someone who suffers with mental health, the worst thing we can do to escape it is take drugs or alcohol. But yeah, that's the most common approach. And that's the common approach because people we don't know. Because yeah. it's not spoke about. And, this is and that is where I'd like to lead in. First of all, you don't ever hear people talk about this. You don't really hear them talk about it. But to, the fact that Joe Rogan is giving, letting this guy talk, he's amazed by it. Like, that almost gives it more credit. Because it's not just one person talking about it. It's another person listening and giving validation. And... I suffered from depression since I was 16. I remember kind of when it hit because I remember, and maybe it wasn't the depression, but I remember being up during the night and not being able to sleep when everybody else was sleeping, and I would write. I wrote a lot. I still have those writings, Nick. I look, I look back at those writings, and of course, looking back at what we write as children, we're like, oh my God, how naive was I, right? Like, silly thoughts, but... Mine, in one letter, one journal entry, whatever, I talked about one boy through church who was nice to me and, you know, you know, I was kind of smitten with him and then a minute later I'm talking about another guy at school and then I literally spoke about four different guys that were interested in me. And you could tell by my writing that it didn't really mean anything. Like, like it was nothing to me. And I know, like, looking back, like, a lot of children have no connection. But what, what is it, was it important to have them interested in you? Well, I, I wrote about it, so obviously. Yeah. But it wasn't so important that I was smitten you, by any of yeah, them. No, you didn't have to be smitten by them or, or respond to but them. But most people But it would was be. important and, and stroked your ego that they were interested in you. They were male figures and they didn't hate me or hurt me. I guess. But they I were don't know. interested in you. It was, well, it was different. It felt good. I guess. But looking back now, I either see myself as a little, like a little slut or, like, so dumb you're not even aware of, like, one minute you think this, the next minute you think that. Like, are you connecting any of this? Like, it didn't seem like it in my writings. So back then you were not apparently interested in, in relationship. You were oh, interested no, in I was totally heartbroken over Marcos. I can't tell you how many poems I wrote for him. I wrote so many poems. I And I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I 
but I, I look at them now and they make me sad and I can still feel the way I feel when I wrote those. And that is so disappointing. Why am I still in a state that I can feel those same hurt, abandoned emotions? Like, fucking 30 years later, so, I can still so do that? So you, you can't, because of this. Because of what? Uh, there's, there's this connection to Marcos and these poems and everything else that uh, were significant in your life. Uh, you really can't be in love and totally let go. That has nothing to do with it. Why can't you be in love? Because I've never been able to. Even back when I had nice boys giving me honest, true affection, to me it was not, I didn't, like, I didn't talk about how I blushed or I felt good. It was like, I was kind of like, chalking off good aspects, this, that, and the other, and it wasn't even, I don't know. I, I would have know. to be... I, I, don't, I don't understand what you're talking about. Why can't you be in love? Because and I let, don't know what that looks yourself, like. Let yourself I, go. I don't know what that looks like. Marcos loved you. The Den fuck he did. Dennis, Dennis loved you. Dennis definitely loved me, and I, I was fucking horrible to him. So you know what it looks like. Why do you but, push but it you away? Why, why do you push it away? Because it... Why? I I can guess because I know clinical research, but honestly, when it's happening, I don't even realize I'm doing it. Or when I do, I can't help it. Maybe because you're afraid of it because the, the people who are supposed to love you, your father and your mother, abused you. They didn't, well, they didn't love me. I mean... Well, what is love then? I don't know. My mother didn't learn how to be you? loved because I mean, her you, mother didn't love have her. Have you ever immersed yourself in love and actually let go? I feel like I have many times in in different relationships. Latest and greatest, I'm still very heartbroken over. And, you know, I went out on a date the other night. We could go there, but... What it, happened? <laughs> well, first of all, okay, he's nine years younger than me. Go figure. Um, but he's... Everybody's younger than me, let me tell you. That. Okay, all right. True, true, yeah, touche. Um, but he's someone I work with, and the part that kills me, he's 10 years younger than me, but when I told him I did a podcast, he goes, what's that? So, so I know he's already, not going gonna... Already he didn't know what a podcast he was. He didn't know what a podcast was. I knew what a podcast was. No, you didn't. Yeah, when you came over here, you said podcast. I introduced, I showed it to you, you're right. All right, fine. Yes. But he's 10 years younger than me. Like, this is more his generation. But, so quick feeling on him. He's got a daughter who's six years old who he absolutely loves to death. He takes that little girl more than his mo than the mother ever. Like, he takes her every weekend, all weekend. Takes her Tuesday from this time to this time. Like, that bitch doesn't fucking spend any good time with her daughter. And whenever he is with his daughter, he, like... It's like she is his entire focus. Like, it is awesome and he's he's big into this okay because eli eli, is eli like yeah my grandson he likes to go like this when he walks what's that a pony it's kind of like a chair. gallop or a skip and yeah. i do it with him and he gets real excited and i was telling the guy at work about it and he goes oh i'd love to skip with my daughter and i was like you guys skip and he's like yeah come skip with me and i was like fuck you i'm not skipping so he keeps trying to get me to skip but he's you know he seems like a nice guy he's he's Definitely. So you took a date with him? No, no. So we were talking about cars, and I mentioned how I love the fucking junkyard. Like, uh -huh. that is my, you know, good date. You like junkyard. And he goes, 
I fucking love the junkyard too. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Uh, but so he was like, that would be, yeah. so we planned to go to the junkyard together. Okay. Uh, and he's texting me that Saturday and he's like, so what if I wanted to ask you on a date? And I said, well, yeah, I gotta ask. Text I found out weren't going through and a couple hours, this was when Colby was having his baby. Okay. That was that day. So you were focused on other stuff. I was, yeah, I was definitely focused on, Yeah. But I did want to go to the junkyard. I get excited about the junkyard. Yeah. Um, but either way, he says, you know, so we talk on the phone later. He tells me how his phone's fucked up. And really, it's just because he doesn't know his phone. I won't say he's not smart enough to, but he, he doesn't know his phone. Um, and, I, and I tell him, he says, you know, so I was wondering, like, what you would say if I wanted to ask you on a date. And I said, I know you said that because you said in your text and you must not have got my response. And he goes, no. I said, well, you'd have to ask me. And he goes, well, would you like to go on a date with me? <laughs> like, it was cute. And I'm like, sure. Like, it's a fucking date, right? It's yeah. not a promise. It's not. It's a date. Yeah. So, he comes down to pick me up because this was when Colby had my car and he didn't want me to take it because his drugs were in it. So, he comes down to pick me up. Um, I can tell he's been drinking. Oh. Uh, alcoholics can always, if you're not yeah. drinking, you can, yeah. Yeah. Um, not bad, you know, I used to roll around with fucking vodka in my water bottle, whatever, uh-huh. but it was just kind of a ping, red flag, right? It's like a red flag. Yeah, all Which right. normally, Nick, yeah, those don't right. tick off for me. Well, normally, yeah. so this one ticks off, and I'm like, hmm. Uh-huh. So we go to, we go to shoot some pool, which uh-huh. I love to do, Yeah. and he keeps trying to, like, embrace me from behind and put his arms around me, and I'm like, oh. hey, like, it just, I'm like, you know, and he's like, what, you're going to hug me? And I'm like, no. So he's getting close. He's getting touchy-feely. Like, he just, and he keeps trying to get me to dance with him. And I'm like, at some point, I'm almost furious, right? Because I'm just like, th- so like, I am with you. You're getting triggered. I'm setting my boundaries, and they're being ignored. But you're getting triggered. Uh, why am I being triggered if I'm just setting boundaries? He's a nice guy. He seems like he's getting close to and you. And this is the first time we spent time together. Why do you think we should be cuddling in public? All right, so you're thinking, all right, he just wants... No, I, I just think he's ass. moving way too fast. Like, he this want, kid want, loves yeah, me yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ah. Like, yeah. ever since... And you say ever this, since my this, alcoholic, this kid. I, this kid. He, kid. He's nine years younger than me. Um, uh, the reason, another reason I call him kid. We were having a discussion because he grew up where there were gangs, right? Colorado and, you know, they've got east side, west side, whatever. Yeah, and we were talking about girls and women... And he goes, he goes, yeah, but I've never been with one. And I said, one what? A black girl. And I was like, well, okay. Like, I don't know that I need to know that. I, that I needed to know that. And he goes, well, I never would be. And I'm like, what? Like, wait a minute. Overshare. So I'm, no, but I'm like, because I fucking hate racism. I, my dad's a racist. That limited fucking thinking kills me. So I'm, that's where a challenge started that night. So I'm like. So you've never seen a beautiful black woman like Holly Berry, like Beyonce, like none of that. And he's like, doesn't doesn't appeal to me. I said, okay, like I get that because I don't like Asian men. Like there's nothing, never found an Asian man attractive. Okay, but but I said, why do you say it like one of them? Like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, I've just never found him attractive. And I said, what if I was black? And he goes, no, man, you're way too fucking cool. And I'm like. Would you be saying that if I was black? Because you wouldn't even spend time with me. And he's like, well, no, I... I don't know. Okay. 
you're a dumbass fucking racist. Boom. But, okay, so that was the day that we were supposed to, okay. Well, do you wait, 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 so we're at the bar, we're playing pool, he gets touchy-feely, I'm like, let's go bowling. Bowling's right across the street, right? He's like, I got money, I'll pay. Ah, I paid for myself at bowling, whatever. So we get to bowling, he can't really bowl, but he's like being good about it, except he, he, he bowls and he bowls shitty. And he goes over to the people next to us. He's like, yo, dude, can you pull a strike for me, man? Like, I'm totally sucking. And this guy's with his date, you know, and his, and I'm just kind of like... But the people are nice, right? It reminded me of yeah, Kyler. Yeah, but, but it's odd. It reminded me of Kyler when we would go to the park and he would run up to the man who's playing ball with his son and he'd want to join. And I'd be totally embarrassed, but the dad's like, no, no big deal. So these people are being nice to him. I, I just... It was... It was cool. Like, I didn't have a problem with it. There were times when I thought, he's going to punch, like, you're going to get punched out, dude. Like, whatever. But we had fun, supportive, kept trying to do the touchy-feely thing. Um, he was pretty good that evening. We went and we tried to watch the Haley, the fucking Orionoid shower. Didn't see it. So then... Where, out in the prairie somewhere? Out in Parker. It's not a prairie. Oh, so you were sitting together watching the sky. No, I made him park by the park, and we stood next to the car, and when he tried to put his arms around me, I walked away, and Uh I can't even get a kiss. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, that shit pissed me off. I'm like, I don't know if you think I'm just going to jump in bed with you, and he's like, well, no, I just, like, you were the most amazing, beautiful woman I've ever seen, and, well, that's how I was feeling, right? And so we part our ways. He goes home. We work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I tell him, I'm like, because, I don't know, he thinks we're together now. Because we hung out. And he's oh. like, but I have to behave at work. But then, he would, he, he would <laughs> he do... He said we have to behave at work? No, he said, yeah, he said that he had to behave at work. Oh. So, by behaving, he'd be like, oh, you can sit in my chair anytime, Jody. Oh, you can do that anytime. I'm like, are you uh-huh. fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> interesting note. So now it gets com- complicated. <laughs> well, it, it, yes, a little bit. So he called in that Tuesday. He was sick. I called him even. I'm like, are you really sick or are you interviewing somewhere else? He's like, no, I'm sick. So I said, well, he kept, he's like, when are we going to get together? I'm like, let's hang out Thursday. I will come to work. I'll bring other clothes so I can actually not go home. And, you know, we can hang out. So we were doing inventory, like shit's weird at my work. And there was nothing for the warehouse guys to do around 2 o'clock. So Lisa's like, you guys can go home if you want. He gets super stoked. It's his daughter's parent-teacher conference, and he didn't think he'd be able to go, but she's letting him off early. So he's, like, super excited to go to her fucking parent-teacher conference, which is it's awesome, right? So he, he does that. That was a day of hell for me at my work. Um, I won't, won't get into it, but I was stuck there. Lisa left. She let the warehouse guys go, so it's just me with fucking Lynn, right? But anyway... I didn't get out of there until about 5.04, and he calls me, or I think I, he had called me once or twice, and I was at work, so I didn't answer. So when I get out of work, I call him, and he's like, hey, I like literally just got out of parent-teacher conferences. Oh, my God, it was so cool. My daughter's doing so well, and I, like, I love that. If you're totally into your kid, and that's fucking awesome. So, but then he's like, well, I'm right by work. Like, I'm right by work, and I'm like, okay. He's like, well, are we still going to hang out? I'm like, what are we going to do? Well, I don't know, but I'm right by work. And I said, what do you want to do? Park in the fucking parking lot? Like, 
I'm so, and he was like, well, if you want to. No, dude, you didn't hear the sarcasm. So I try to explain to him that I am going to go, I'm going over to the truck stop. I'm going to change my clothes. I'm going to get out of my fucking stupid-ass closed-toed shoes. I'm going to put on my heels. I'm going to gussy myself up, right? And he's just, like, talk, talk, talking about how close he is and we to hang out and how beautiful I am. And I'm like, what are we going to do? We can do whatever you want. That is the most lame-ass, passive-aggressive bullshit ever. We can do whatever you want. So I tell him, I'm like, you go home, shower, you work. He goes, oh, you want me to shower? And I'm like... You don't have to shower, but if you wanted to shower, whatever. <laughs> so, so then I call him up when I'm done changing my clothes, and I'm feeling pretty good. I don't usually do my hair and my makeup. In actuality, I haven't done it in forever. But when I go out in public, I am <coughs> going to represent if I can. So, uh, so he gives me his address reluctantly after he's like, so I live like right here. I'm like, cool, leave me here. And he's like, where's that? I'm like, you said you lived right there. And he's like, well, I kind of live there. And I'm like, where the fuck do you live? And he's like, well, I'm kind of close to And I said, do you not want me to know where you live? He goes, no, no, I'd fucking love for you to know where I live. And I'm like, good, send me your address because you're too drunk to drive. Like, I can tell over the phone. He's drunk. He's, he's hit it. Like, he, got, he must have got out of a parent-teacher conference and fucking slammed one down. So I drove over to his house. I get there. And I'm like, I think I'm here, but I don't see your car or your truck. And he goes, oh, I had to run to the store to get some cigarettes because my nephew smoked the last one, and I can tell he's very drunk, right? So he's slurring his words. <coughs> oh, God. And I said, well, I'm in front of your house, and he goes, I will be right there. And I'm like, don't. Do not fucking speed. I'm not going anywhere. No, I'm going to be right there. I'm like, fucking don't. Like, I'm not going anywhere. <coughs> so I'm parked, like, here, on the street going this way. He's, his house is over here. I'm scratching a scratch ticket. This fucking truck, his forerunner, comes, literally two fucking tires, coming around this turn in a residential area. And I'm like, oh my god, please don't let that be him. It was totally him. So then he calls me and he goes, you're not in my house. Like, I don't see you anywhere. And I said, motherfucker, look in your rearview mirror, and I will put on my brakes. Like, he drove right past me. I'm right there. He's drunk. So, I, he sees me. He comes down. He gets in my car. Um, he goes, he goes, look, I dressed up for you. And he did. He wore a button-down shirt that he put a sweater vest over. But he couldn't stop talking about it all night. I dressed, I even dressed up for you. Like, Okay, so anyway, so we're sitting in the car, and I'm like, I'm going to drive. What do you want to do? We were talking a movie. I really needed to eat. Um, we pulled up, so I pulled up in front of his house so he can get in his truck and get his cigarettes and his wallet. And his mother had just pulled up after this. He lives with his mother. His mother is raising his sister's kids because his sister's a drug addict, and she lost custody of them. So his mother is taking care of an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. And, oh, I'm not even to the good part yet, Nick. Okay? So he lives there. Um, she fell last week. She was all bruised up. They had to go to the hospital. And I'm like, how is she taking care of those kids? At that time, I didn't know he lived with her. But I'm like, how is she taking care of the kids when she's hurt herself? And he's like, oh, they can manage. And I'm like, 9 and 11? 
Like, I'll bet when I was a parent I thought that, but looking back, that was way too young. So, anyway, there, his mom's coming up. She, he is getting in the truck. <laughs> he comes over and gets in the car with me, and his mom goes in the house, but then comes back out. She comes walking right up to the car, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, first of all, I want to be meeting your mom, but he gets out of the car to talk to her, and she's going off. Well, you know, I'm just tired. I'm tired. I don't know. Where are you going? Oh, that's what. She leaned in, and she goes, are you even coming back tonight? And I leaned my head over, and I said, yes, ma'am, he is coming back tonight. I will be bringing him home as soon as we are done. And she just kind of turned on her heel and walked away. So he gets out of the car, and he's, you know, going after her. And I'm like, holy fuck. And I roll up the fucking window, and I turn on the radio. Like, I, this is white people drama. If you ask me, no, my family has done that so many times. I'm just like, I recognize this, but I'm not going to be a part of it. Good for you. Right? Well, it's still fucking weird. So then, I don't know what happens with their argument, but they both come walking back to the car, and he opens the door, and she leans in, and she goes, I am so sorry. You guys go out. You have a good time. I didn't mean to interrupt. You guys just go on. And then Nick, she goes like this. She goes, you just go on. And then she's like, and starts stomping off, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, holy shit. So he went, and... Yeah, he goes and talks over, to her again. Oh, this is over my drama threshold. Oh, yours and mine too, but I'm not even done. This is the start of my night. So he gets back in the car, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, fuck that. Fuck that. I'm going to do what I want. Like, he's 17, okay? And I tell him, I'm like, you know what? Like, you sound like you've had a lot to drink. Mm. He goes, oh, no, I have. And I said, well, no offense, but I don't want to spend my night driving around with a drunk guy. And Nick, I've never said that in my life. In fact, I'm usually right along there so with him. So you, you created a boundary. I recognized that that shit was, yeah, I was not going to do not it. And he was like, okay. He goes, well, I could sober up real quick. And I'm like, yeah, I fucking dare you. And he's like, no, I can't. I was like, you don't think I know what drunk is? Like, I'm an alcoholic. I can tell by what you're saying, the way you're acting. I'm like, first of all, you can't shut up about going to fucking skip. Like, I'm trying to talk to you about a movie or where we're going to eat. He wants to go skipping. He wants to go arm and arm and skip. Skip down the road? Skip, skip, skip to my loo. Yeah. Oh, my God. But he won't shut up about it. And he won't shut up about how good I look. And I'm like, you are obviously drunk. So I decide immediately, we're just going to go get food. I'm going to bring him right the fuck home. Um, we drive over to Boston Market. I was hungry. I hadn't eaten lunch that day. And we go into Boston Market. There's a decent-sized line. And we get into line, and then there's an older gentleman behind us. And he, he does it again, where he tries to put his arms around me. Like, uh -huh. we've been together forever, and I'm welcoming that. And I'm, you know, I'm trying not to be a bitch, but at some point, how many times do I have to fucking say no? And he, he keeps, like, he's, he's not quiet, but he's like, So, you know, are you going to let me kiss you on the cheek later? You gonna? And I'm like, No, I'm not comfortable with that. Right in front of it, like, fuck you. And he just keeps talking, and finally I'm like, could you just, like... And he goes, what? I don't give a fuck. I don't. And I said, I do. Like, I it's do. It's embarrassing you. It was embarrassing, totally embarrassing me. Um, so we go, and I order my food. He doesn't eat. Um, he pays for it, though, which was very nice. Um, I went to the bathroom. We got my food. We walked out to the car. Get into the car. I've got no forks. I've got no salt and pepper. 
So he goes back in to get it. He comes back out and he's like, dude, fuck those guys. I was like, what? I was like, they were really nice. He goes, yeah, I'm talking shit like you're my mom. I was like, whoa. No, no, whoa. see, I laugh at that, Nick. You don't oh. know. No, that doesn't hurt me. You have no idea how many times I've been accused of that. Uh. And I have people, when I go out to eat with my son, they think we're together. And that makes uh. me want to punch him in the face. Uh -huh. But he's like, okay, if it really offended him, first of all, something would have happened there. But as he's talking more about it here, he's like realizing like he should have been more offended. And I'm like, no, dude, you shouldn't. And he's like, but why would they? I said, because I'm fucking 10 years older than you. Like, I had four kids. It shows on my face. Like, you do look, you could be my son. This is fucked up. No, dude, it's reality. Get over it. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So we're sitting in the car talking, and he's telling me how ever since we went on our first date, that he feels like in order to make sure it doesn't look like he likes me, he's, like, started flirting with every girl at work because he doesn't want it to seem like he's singling me out. And I'm like, what? And he goes, well, it's not really me. And I'm like, so you're changing who you are and you're putting on this fake image and leading people on because you think I need that? And he's like, well, yeah. <laughs> All right, so... He's like, but I'm not going to change myself. Note, goes, note to self, don't date people from work. I'm not even done. Not even done. No, don't date people. That's the fuck. Don't date. So, I'm getting, you know, we, I kind of eat like three bites in the parking lot because I want, he, I come out of the bathroom and he's putting a cigarette to his mouth and he looks like he's going to fucking light it in the restaurant. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go eat in the car. So we're in, a plus he was, yeah. So we eat in the car. He's like, so you're just, like, going to take me home now? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, I just, like, I just got to know, are you into me? Like, do you like me? And I said, you're in my fucking car, right? I picked you up. I must like you a little bit. And he's like, yeah, he's like, but I am, like, I'm not usually into people. And, yeah, this little shit had, like, these chicks calling all night. And he would let it ring, and he'd say he was going to block them, and he'd be like, I'm on a date, hang up. And it was, like, so dumb. But anyway, he's like, I don't really like chicks like this, but I am so fucking into you. Like, you were just... And, like, he drunken genuinely feels that way, I'm sure. Like, at work, he can't control himself. But maybe he's just drunk all the time. So as I'm driving him home, and we're talking about it, he reveals that he drinks because he has seizures, and he can't afford his medication. I don't know much about seizures. Do you? No. Um, I know that... You know, our good friend, Jared, yeah. had problems with it. I don't think drinking helps, but maybe Well, he says that it, 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 when you think about it, though, if you dull the nerves and the responses, because I think, I don't know, uh, seizures are kind of like, it's like your body and your wiring just like freezing up because they're just fried, like over... Exposed or something, but if Whatever. you're drunk, you're relaxed, and it's not. Yeah, maybe. It's, so that's his thing. He or says, maybe you forget it. <laughs> he says that he, when he was six, he had his first seizure. He's been on and off meds. He says the medications they put him on makes him a zombie. He he goes, I don't want to skip with anybody. He goes, and I love fucking skipping. He goes, but I that's not me when I'm on him. And I so we talked about. It. I'm like, is it kind of like somebody just putting a wet blanket on you, where you just you feel like. Like, you just don't even, you don't, like, you just should be held down. 
Like, just a little. Not a whole lot, but just keep you down enough that you can't be you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what he said. But he was taking them, lost his insurance, because my job doesn't pay insurance, and he's saying it's $300 a month, right? And I'm like, I, can, I know you don't get paid shit here. I can help you sign up for Medicaid. You can get that shit for free, right? Doesn't want to hear it. Like, has a million different reasons. Now, all of a sudden, he doesn't want the medication, okay? He tells me that that day of the week when he said he was sick, he goes, I wasn't sick. He goes, my daughter went to Utah with my girlfriend, and my girlfriend wouldn't let me talk to her. Like, I guess there was a day that went, a he day. A girlfriend. No, not girlfriend, sorry, baby mom. Baby mom refused to let him talk to his daughter. He went maybe 24 hours without talking to her, okay? And she refused to let him talk to him, and then she said that she was going to move to Utah and take the daughter with him, or with her. And he was so broken up and depressed and freaked out that he couldn't even come to work. And I listened to it and I said, hearing yourself say that, you don't think that's like a little extreme? I mean, and he goes, well, she couldn't have, first of all. And I said, exactly. But it broke you down to, you couldn't even come to work? I'm like, how much were you drinking that day? Well, I wasn't drinking that day. The reason he lost his daughter is because... No, he didn't lose her. He, that's the thing, he didn't well, lose her. Well, the wife is moving away. No, because, she no. was just threatening to. She fucks with him like that. Because she likes to break him down when he starts to look like he's back on his feet. And she loves him when he gives her money. But he's drinking too much. But he says he does it be, to stave off the fucking seizures. And I'm like, Aaron, you know the fucking alcohol is going to kill you quicker than the fucking seizures. And he goes, you don't know what seizures are like. He goes, when I, he goes, they are horrible. And he says, and for three days, well, get on, I don't get, remember shit. Get on medication. Medication makes him a zombie. Where he doesn't, he said he would sleep so much, he never saw his daughter. Now he sees his daughter more than any father I've ever known. Like, ridiculously involved. But I don't know how much he's drinking. And now I know he's having seizures. And he's telling me that girlfriend fucks with him like this. And I'm like, you lost a whole day. Like, I understand depression. So why are you taking this on? I'm not. If you would let me finish. Because I'm, I'm, like, frustrated with him at this point. I'm like, first of all, you say you drink because you have seizures. But you have medication, you just can't afford it. So I'm telling you, you can get it for free. But you're choosing to drink instead. Like, you're, you're making that choice. And I said, and with your daughter, if you know she can't actually take your daughter away from you, why the fuck do you let her freak you out like that? I said, and I can show you what forms you can pull up online to fill out and submit to the courts so she can't do that. He's like, oh, I would never do that. Why the fuck not? She is your daughter. You just said you were afraid of her taking her out of state. Parents do that, and they never fucking see their kid again. And you're going to let her torture you with this threat when you yourself could secure that possibility of ever happening by filling out some paperwork because it's your right. Why have you chosen to take I, care, take care of this I didn't choose to take care of him. This is one night, Nick. Don't do that to me. Okay? So, after a whole night of him just like... First of all, I couldn't really hold a conversation... All the things he said he's suffering from in his life are so fucking changeable. So changeable. You can get on the medication and be better. Drinking is not the way to do it. 
And if you don't, why would you give somebody the power to break you down like that? I fucking hate that. Well, yeah, but you're being codependent. I've always been a fighter, and I... Well, yeah, but you can't stand seeing somebody who's not, and, and I you're, can't. you're advising him uh, when... I'm giving him he, real help so he no, cannot yeah, be afraid. He, he's a big boy. He's but he's got, not a big boy. Yeah, let it go. And some people just don't know. This was one night, and these were suggestions. And after figuring out by the end of the night that this guy feels like the hell he lives in is deserving and condemning and so binding that he's never going to get out of it. This motherfucker's never going to make a choice to make his life better. Right. Okay? Right, so, so let go. I was never in. There was nothing to fucking let go of. So I drive him to his house, and he's like insisting that he wants to kiss my cheek. And I'm like, no, Your I don't. cheek. My cheek. Because, yeah. And I'm there like. There it is. No, it's no. No, you don't just get to do that. No. And, and plus the fact that it was, he kept pushing. <coughs> the more you push for something that I've said I don't want, especially if it's physical, the more you push, the, the more angry I get, the more I You're lose so much respect for you. And I don't believe that you love me because people that love each other respect their boundaries. You don't. So to me, that's not love. Whatever you said was love, if you continue to do something I repeatedly asked you not to and you continue to do it anyway, that's not love. That's my dad. Don't hurt me. It all equals pain in the end. If you're getting me too drunk, it's going to be pain at some point. If So anyway, God damn it. Where was I? Here we go again. No, you can't. You're just supposed to help me remember where all I was. All right, so he, he was... He was um who? Your friend. The guy you work with. Oh, yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, see, that there that went. So, I get to his house, I park. We get out, and I'm trying to tell him bye and give him a hug, and he won't stop hugging me. And I have to peel myself away, and he keeps hugging me and joking me about kissing me. And I'm like, fine. And I let him kiss me, and I walk the fuck away. Fine. But no, seriously, that, that was like, he was like, he thought that was the greatest thing in the world because he got to kiss my cheek. And literally, he, he was kiss like... kiss you on the lips? Fuck you. I'm asking. No. Well, that, you said he kissed you. Right? No, he wanted to be, kiss oh, me kiss anywhere. Her. Elbow, foot, toe. He wanted to kiss me. Not... Yeah. So anyway, so I drop him off at the house and I'm just like... Shit's probably going to be weird at work from now on, right? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. No, so, Don't so, date anybody from work. And, and, it wasn't, and that's my point to him. I was like, you're acting like you have the right to cuddle with me and show your love, which, first of all, is not love. You don't know a goddamn thing about me. And the fact that you're worshiping me means you don't, you know, you, you don't know me at all. And... You're not respecting my boundaries. You are making me uncomfortable. And the more I have to tell you no, the more I don't want anything to do with you. Like, who who wants to be in that situation? When you're with somebody that you're supposed to be enjoying, you want to actually be enjoying them. You don't want to be... Fighting them off. Fighting them off or even being ignored by them. Or There's lots of things you don't want to be. But that was definitely one of them. So today I come into work. And sometimes he's there right around my time, but he's not supposed to be there till 9. But at, like, 8.45, my guy Phil 
He's like, have you seen Eric? They're coming in. I was, I don't know. Uh, my boss comes out of the office at some point. She's like, anybody heard from Aaron? No. So I'm thinking, well, his mother fell last week, right? But then he told everybody he was sick. And I asked him, I said, I asked you if you were sick or if you were doing something else. But you chose to lie to me then. Now you're telling me <coughs> that you were so broken by what your ex threatened to do. Like, so... So Lisa finally says at like 10 o'clock, she goes, oh, he did text me. He says his mother's in the hospital again. So I text him and I said, you know, you've got me worried. Are you okay? I haven't heard a word. How much do you want to bet this little boy doesn't come back to work ever? I guess that. Yeah. And then is that my fault? No. Like. Because you, what? Because I I went on a date with him. Because I went on a date with him and I didn't want what he wanted? No, what he told me as I was driving him home, because I'm trying to explain to him in a nice way, I'm not comfortable with that. We have to work up to that. Like, I am a very touchy-feely person. Like, that's super intimate to me. And when I'm with somebody I love, like, I, I'll rub their hand. I'll have my hand on their arm. Like, I just want to touch you. And then he starts, tries to hold my hand, and I'm like, you're, you're not listening. You there, you're you not listening. There. Like, I'm saying we got it, and he goes, I'll wait for you. You probably don't want to hear that, but I'll fucking wait for you. And I'm like, wait for me for what? Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I'll wait for you. I said, <laughs> okay, you wait for me. You wait for me. Sure. But he was plowed the whole evening. It was... He's drunk? Yeah. What is he doing? I don't know. I don't know. But... It goes from, like, a nice young man who shares a interest in cars, who shares an interest in being a good parent, uh, who's had to put up with a to shitty... To be an obsessive, um, a predator-type feeling, right? I mean, well, how did you feel? He wanted to be clearly... In oh, I was just saying that initially it was, it was fun and jokeful, and we were going to go to the right. scrapyard, and then he brought up the date thing, and from there it was like... like Everything that happened was well, a reminder of this is why we don't date. This is why I we don't date. Dating is romantic. No, it's not. It has romantic No, it doesn't. Every time. Bullshit. Yes, in this culture, it does. In this culture, if you ask a woman on a date... Well, so you, you so explain people. speed dating to me. Huh? Explain speed dating. Um, people looking for a relationship. They want to have a date. They're, they want but to does have it make the setting... Romantic, or does it just make the needs you, that you come pick, together? You with? Pick a person who is compatible with you because you want to have a. No, you're all desperate and you're all picky, and you're going yeah, through fifty yeah. guys so, an hour. So what? That's not romantic. It is on some level. Bullshit. I, I I'm sorry, but maybe I just we don't have the same. Dates are a romantic. Dates happen 365 days a year, and they're not romantic. It's a date. No. November 10th, January no. 5th, they're dates. No, going out with your friend is not a date. Going out uh, with a with a, somebody who wants a date is romantic. Wants a date? Wants what? If I, if a I, romantic right, dinner? So I, I see a, a, an attractive woman I'm, I'm interested in. I say, hey, you want to go have coffee? It's because I am romantically attracted to her. Well, you're totally... Off from no, my generation no, and way further off from the Netflix and chill generation. These kids don't date, Nick. 
They invite people over to their house. He's they get rubbing himself up against you. Of course, he was not TV. genitalia. He was just okay. If like Colby and Savannah used to be this way, they're young, they're cute, they can hardly keep their hands off each other. It's and but it, it's not disrespectful. It's just cute. Like you can tell they love each other, right? He was acting that way with me, like like we should have that cute bond and we've we really care about each other. No, motherfucker. No. Your arms don't feel good around me. I actually feel like I'm fucking choking, but... For him, it was a date. That's even Nick, a do a you put your arms around your date on the first date? Do you hug her and no. grind up on her? Okay, no. then he's inappropriate. But I'm not drunk on my first date. Never? Never. What? Never. I call bullshit. Never. You've been drunk on dates with me and Tammy. They weren't dates. Oh, whatever. We were playing dominoes. Dude, you we were, were proud to walk in with two beautiful ladies on your arm, and we always went in that of way. Of course. Whoa, what? A, what you know, so what, what would you call that? A powwow? No, a I don't know. I, I don't know what you call that. It would be called, uh, uh, I don't know. We had, we had <laughs> cocaine. We had. Wait, what? Yeah, we did. Occasionally we did. Yes, we, we played dominoes and we played strip dominoes. And we no, played. we only did that when you got us so drunk we agreed. Like you. Oh, mm. yeah, you got so drunk that you wanted me to do it too. Well, if you were going to make us do it, for fuck's sake. Like, if yeah, if we had to go there, you had to go there. Yeah. But it wasn't out of desire to... It was not a traditional date. A traditional date is when a guy asks a girl out on a date... Because he's attracted to her. Okay, potentially, yes. Yeah. There is attraction. And, uh, yeah, there's attraction. He says, gee, I, you know, I think you're really pretty. I want to, you know, I, I'm attracted to you. They don't, no, it never goes down but like then, that. But then you go on. Yo, you like tacos? You want to go down there? All right, you want to real, yeah, 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 No. Uh, <laughs> you usually take them down to, like, Panda I, Express. Other than this kiddo who... Was like, so what if I want to take you on a date? First of all, if you want to take me on a date, be a man and fucking ask. Don't come to me and tell you what you have to do. But that's the first time I've been asked out on a date. Uh, <coughs> by somebody I didn't know in, I don't even know, maybe forever. Like, I met Marcos at school. He was the first person to ever ask me out. We were on the basketball court in junior high. I asked you on Valentine's Day, uh, like, 12 years ago. And we went. Yes, and you wore your red red. And nuts. we were good friends going to have a good time. It that was wasn't romantic. Time. No, we weren't. Well, you called it a date, and now you say it's not romantic. It was certainly romantic. It was awesome. Because I was infatuated with you. You were beautiful. I, I was a, attracted to you, but we never... Did anything afterwards. I was a broken mess, Nick. You know you weren't. In that moment, you, were, would, you were in your red dress. I probably didn't a, remember no, most of it. No, you were a lady. You know, we had... I'm always a, a lady. I am very sexy when I... I I'm i just saying, girl, that... And I'm saying, too, like... That was a date for me. Okay. And, and then we didn't see each other for, what, 10 years? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I... You still, to this day, when I come over, you'll be like, oh, your toenails aren't red. Your fingernails aren't red. And I'm like, I haven't worn red nails in 10 years. Uh-huh. But you still remember you're kind of fixated on that last memory of us together. Oh, I love red dresses on you. <laughs> right. I mean, what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. 
There's right. nothing wrong with it. All right. So I didn't say there was. Don't be just like this. Nick, do you have chapstick or Carmex? Hi. Carmex reminds me of junior high. Reminds me of junior high. I'll just leave it at that. Um, so I did do a podcast that you haven't listened to, Nick, that was eight minutes long. I was on my way to work. I was voicing my fear about whether or not my son was being abusive to Eli, hopefully not abusive to the baby, and I don't know. I voiced that on the air, and like I call it a moral dilemma. I already know I can't fix it, but it's very painful to listen to and imagine what's going. It's very traumatizing for me in that regard. Um, but I've been thinking about it, and okay, some things happened last night that we haven't really talked about, and were really fucking weird that. At one point, I heard Savannah yell. We share a wall. She goes, Colby, leave the room now. I have no idea what happened. But ten seconds later, I did not hear that door open. And I walked in there and I opened the door. And I said, Colby, she asked you to leave. And I look in the room. She's sitting on the bed. She's trying to breastfeed the baby. Eli's passed out on the bed. My son is on his knees in tears. Begging something from her. I don't know. I kind of recognize it and I kind of have a feeling about it, but I don't... I really hope that's not it. And if it is, I know I can't help it. So what do you think? That he is hurting them in some way, shape, or form, and he feels guilt for it, and he wants forgiveness. And he's begging her to forgive him. He's on his knees. He's in tears. She's probably the best he's fucking like, thing that's ever I, happened I, to him. I'm sorry. He's, he's I don't like, know. Or, or he's freaking out because he's afraid she's going to leave. Like, I have huge abandonment issues. And I would get crying and sometimes suicidal when I been thought... There. Been there. Been there. But to see my grown son... And even better than that, because I, I stepped in, I said, Son, she asked you to leave. You need to leave. She's got the babies. You need to go. He looks up at her and she looks at me and she goes, It's okay, Jody. No, it's fucking not okay. If you ever have to say, Get out of the room, you need to stand your guard. He needs to respect you and then you can come back. But you can't, you are being a fucking victim when you are forgiving him because I walked in. Yeah, because you crossed the boundary. Me? Yeah. How? Because I was... You're interfering in their process. No, if a woman screams help, do you go help? Well, if she screams help... She screamed, get out of my room. That's a woman saying, don't touch me. You go make sure that person doesn't do it. Or you should. Okay. You don't think so? I I understand that. Yeah, I understand that. Kyler was woken up by all this... Colby... After last night, Colby is clearly fucking pissed off at me. Whenever I would try to say something like, Colby, what are you doing? Like, genuine concern. You know, fuck you, Mom. You're a fucking alcoholic. You're a fucking addict. You abused us when we were kids. I'm looking at this kid, and I'm just like, like, there's no reason there. But I can't miss the fact that he's fucking angry with me. He is angry with me. And maybe, today I was thinking, maybe he is so angry with me, and he doesn't know how to deal with it, that that's how it's coming out. 
is on the other people that he loves. And I'm going to... All right, here's so you're my... you're trying to take the responsibility for his, his aggression. No, I'm recognizing that... That his anger is manifesting into I'm just saying that he's, he's not... He's being Marcos, and he's not dealing with his problems with me. He's internalizing them, and then it infects everybody around him. Let's be well, adults. Let's good, talk. I, I think it's a good point. So but I'm, I'm just what, thinking... You, I mean, what are you going to do about I'm that? I'm going to reach I mean, out to on. him and Savannah, and I'm going to say, Colby, look... I fucking love you guys. I love you. I care about you. I can see that you're not happy. I can see that you're angry at me. Can we please just sit down and talk about this? Like, mm -hmm. I want to be normal. I want to be caring and open and fucking have a family that cares about each other. I don't want the shit I had. I don't. People can be reasonable. People can talk things out. Yeah. And come out still loving each other. Like, it doesn't have, doesn't have to end that way. Right. And it also doesn't have to end up with me calling the police on him and sending him to jail because he won't listen. Because the only time we're talking is when we're fighting. Can we both agree right, that so we're... You need a plan with Kobe. Well, I need to reach out and see if he's willing, basically. I can't All force right, him. But you know what? I'm going to give him an opportunity no, to... No, you know what? I mean, what? you need a third party of some sort that is uh, outside of the forest that, that could negotiate this relationship because you want to recreate a new relationship with him. And but how can I do that with a third party there that is not going to continue to be there? Like, that's like, if it's going to be us right, and starting so, yeah, a new... That, that's a good point. I hear you. But I'm also, Nick, the minute he makes me afraid... I'm walking away. I, he, I. That's where a third party would say stop. Uh, but a third party being there would not. He would not be as honest. And I know he's angry. Sometimes you just need people to vent their anger towards you so they can get over it. I hear you. And I that just might happen. I, I, tried it before. He's definitely voiced. And sometimes it fucking hurts, and it's all so off kilter and not real to reality. No, but, but it's, it's his, his feelings. His experience. Yes, and I'm just—I've got to try to reach out, Nick. I can't. Well, otherwise, you know, this this relationship, whether it lasts or not, doesn't last. I mean, they may get divorced or whatever they no. do, bring up. Uh, but you still have babies here, you know. Not if they break up. Who knows if I'll see them. Um. It's my own son who says that I can't see his daughter. Like, that is... I, I think that will change. Well, when I came home the other day, so I come home from work, pull up in front of the house, and little Eli's in the front yard. He's got his jacket on, and he sees me, and he's just like, Oh, Mama, he calls me Mama. But he's so excited to see me. And I look over, I'm like, Where are your parents? Kind of. And I see the front door. I see Savannah struggling to get, like, the baby stroller car seat thingy out of the front door. And I'm like, oh, they're going for a walk. So I grab Eli's hand. We start walking up. And all of a sudden, I hear my son go, well, let's just fucking go. Let's fucking go. Let's go on this fucking walk. Only I'm not yelling like he was. And I'm like, I'm like, what the hell? And I hear Savannah go, Colby, in a calm voice, Colby, I just don't think it's a good idea for you to go. Look, we're just going to go on a walk. Like, she's smart, okay? And my son goes, no, let's just fucking go. Let's just fucking go, Savannah. And I come around the corner, and I'm like, son, are you serious right now? 
Like, anybody in the cul-de-sac could call the cops on you for how you're talking to her. And he goes, you all fuck you. And I said, and right now you're yelling right over your baby girl. She's looking right up at you and you're fucking yelling at your mom. And I turned around and I walked in the garage. His wife witnesses? He does this all the time. In front of his wife. Does it to her. Yells at he her. Looks like her like that. He didn't used to. But it's definitely progressing there. She just What's does going on? I don't know. So they go on their walk. The fact that he has to now grow up and, and I don't know, and, Nick. You know, I don't know. Is he uh, I don't afraid know. of that? I mean Who wouldn't be? He has to grow up, he has two little babies and all of a sudden he's He's like, never got his dad's love or respect or time. He doesn't know what to do. Probably, but he doesn't feel comfortable reaching out. At one point, he wanted to see a therapist. Well, he wants to be the big boy. He wants to show that, you know, I'm a man. You know, I whatever. beg to differ. I think he wants to suckle at fucking Savannah's breast and he wants the other babies to go away. And Savannah is a good mom. But, so she's, you. but she's weak. So are you. I was not weak. Leaving Marcos was not easy, Nick. It did not... It was not fucking easy. It took time. It took... Years. uh, Dr. Laura did this show where she talks about, you know, if you've been in a relationship for a long time, how do you, like... How do you know you need to leave? Because nobody wants to walk away from a relationship and think, well, what if I... Maybe I should have... She says, this is how you do it. If there are things that your partner is not doing, not sharing, not... You need to go to your partner and give them an ultimatum. I love you, but there are things that you're not doing that I need you to do. You list them out for them. You have a discussion. If they do those things, they, they're showing their interest. They're showing their commitment. Right, they're, right, right. right. And, and if they fail... You've done everything you possibly can. You put as simply as you could. I just need you to do these things. They can't do them. You, you should not have any guilt walking away. When I heard that, well, who does think it's time to go? Who just fucking goes, yeah, I'm going to break up. I've got kids. I don't care. So I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm going to try that. So I sit down with Marcos one night after having cooked dinner and done homework and put the kids to bed while he watched ESPN. Like, I'm like, I need, you know, I want to talk to you. Can we talk? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I said, Marcos, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. Said you, there are just things that I think two people need to do together or share to make us a working couple. And I, I need you to do these things so that I can feel better about us being together. And he totally took me serious. He was like, you know, all right, well, what is it? And I hey, said, babe. I said, I need you to cook two nights a week. And if you cook and clean, then I can do homework with the kids and put them to bed. And the other nights, I'll cook and clean and you can bathe the kids. And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem, right? And I said, okay. I said, the other thing I need you to do is I need you to start being responsible for half the bills. Like, we pool our money, but I'm the one who knows we don't have enough money to pay all of these, and I'm the one who's stressing about what money I can float 
without my check bouncing, and it's stressful, and I don't feel like you're burdened by that, and it's not fair. Like, you're just kind of floating along in life, and I'm dealing with the real shit. So I said I'd take half the bills, do this. He, the first week, he did cook twice. Um, didn't fully do the put the kids to bed and kind of stuff, maybe for the first four or five days. Did, you know, started slacking off immediately, and he never, never once said, what bills do you want me to pay? That never fucking came up. And, I mean, even looking back now, that was, that was tough. Not having enough money to pay the bills. When you've got four mouths to feed, you've got a brand new house, two of you working, like, and that was back when bounce checks cost you a lot of money. Thank God there's no fucking checks anymore. Fuck bounce checks fees. Oh my God. Went to court over several of those. But he... He wasn't being an adult. He was coming home. He was working. He's like, I work all day. Yes, so do I. Well, I work outside. Just because you think you get tired working outside, you don't think I get tired mentally because I'm doing work too? He didn't think I was working because I sat at a computer. And he just... It was like he didn't really want to be there. And I felt it, you know? And when I talked to him about wanting to divorce, and I told him, I said, it's never really seemed like I was the one you wanted. Like, Jen broke up with you and this and that. And he goes, well, you know, you know honestly, you, like, weren't. Until, like, now we've got the house. We had had the house for fucking three months. We had four kids. Three months ago when we got our house, that's when you decided you loved me? So... I wasn't crazy all of those years when it seemed like you really didn't want... You didn't fucking want to be with me. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, fuck you. Get out of my life. Like, how dare you? But now we have a family and a house and... Oh, yeah, now you're fully invested. Give me a fucking break. Mm. How do we get on the subject? I don't know. But... The divorcing, being strong, something... Oh, Savannah. That's all what it boils down to. Some, a lot of women put up with that Easy. over and over. Not, not, honestly, not for long. I don't know. Marcos and I couldn't break up because I couldn't stop getting pregnant. Like, I had to stay with it. It wasn't, that's what Joanna said. She goes, every time you seemed like you were getting strong and getting your shit together, you were pregnant. Yeah, that's kind of how it went. And when you're pregnant, I already know what my family feels about that, so. You know about birth control? I like sex. And I can't remember to take the pill. I don't know. And for some reason, we tried for Colby. So it was oops. Uh, Ken was oops. Kyler was oops. Colby, for some reason, we were trying for him. We already had two kids and whatever. And Avery was... God, I, I knew I missed, like, two pills in a row. I, I fucking knew the minute I was pregnant with her. I was so mad. I was so mad. I was so mad. Marcos was thrilled because he was hoping to be a girl because he had three disappointing boys. So he was hoping for a girl. But I was pissed. I was pissed. We had a two-bedroom apartment. We had three boys sleeping in one room. Now we had a girl coming. And Nick, Marcos didn't know it was a girl. When Kyler was born, the doctors had told us he was a girl because they apparently couldn't see his shit on the ultrasound. So we called him Brittany. He was Brittany. And when he came in a boy, we were both like, okay. 
So he was Baby Boy Ortiz for three days because we didn't have a name. Um, Marcos came up with Kyler. I had never heard of Kyler before, but we had Kettner, and he wanted another K name. So we named him Kyler. Um, then when I got pregnant with Colby, we went in for the ultrasound. They said, do you want to know the sex of the baby? We said yes. They said it was a boy, and Marcos was depressed for the rest of my pregnancy. Depressed that he was having a boy. And... I'm pregnant. I don't need some motherfucker being depressed around me. I'm pregnant. And the fact that you're depressed about what's growing inside of me, fuck. So when Avery, when I got pregnant with Avery, and we went in to have our ultrasound, Marcos wanted to leave it a mystery. He wanted to leave it a mystery. And I said, well, get the fuck out of the room. I'm going to find out what it is. And if it's a boy, I'm going to tell you now. So you're not fucking depressed when he's born. Right? Well, she was a girl. So I didn't tell him. And I loved his mother to death. Love Elva to death. That woman was my mother when I really, really needed one. And, of course, she wanted to know what sex was. And I, I told her that we couldn't tell. We didn't know. But everybody at work knew. Tammy knew. They threw me a baby shower. His mom came to the baby shower. And she goes, Jody, why does everybody buy you, like, pink clothing? Like, I said, they're just hopeful, Elva. You know, they're just hoping. So when she was born, the delight in Marcos's eyes was, it should have been earth moving, but it was heartbreaking. I already knew that little girl was going to take all the love that he might have had for her brothers. Not her fault. Not her fault. He openly admits she's his favorite. My mom said... You know what the bummer is about that, Jody, is that the boys are going to grow to resent her. Even though it's not her fault, she gets all of Dad's attention. Nick, they'll fight for her for the rest of their lives. But I had hope that Marcos would be able to be grown up enough to let me talk to him so that he could talk to Colby. Mm -hmm. Marcos was abusive towards me. When we got Kettner... There, he was, Kettner was 10 months old. Marcos is in the bedroom changing his diaper. I hear Kettner cry. I go in there, and my 10-month-old son has a bloody nose. Bloody nose. And I'm like... He hit Kettner? Yeah, because he was squirming while he was trying to put his diaper on him. Hit him, gave him a bloody nose. He hit you, too? He, he had. But when he hit my kid, I fucking lost it. I screamed at him. I called his mother in the room. I even accused her because I was like, I know that Mike used to hit the boys, so maybe you think this is okay? I said, but it's fucking not. And she goes, Mike never hit the boys. Oh, total fucking denial. This is, uh... Marcos' mom. Marcos' mom. Yeah, she blocked that Marcos, out. Marcos' Mike is Marcos's dad. Yes, yes. Right. And she came in. It was a big fucking to-do. And I tell you, Nick, Marcos never laid a hand on any of the kids again. Now, that's extreme because you still have to discipline your kids. But swear to God, never laid another finger that I knew about. So I'm hoping someone can do that for Colby. Jolt him into realizing what he's doing. But, okay, no, actually, see, God damn it. That was how he was feeling the last couple days. Today, I'm feeling like, First, I need to stop being angry and attacking about it. And I just need to try to let him know my... It's just concern. It's just worry. I want to help. 
I don't want him to be angry at me. I'm not trying to fight at him. I'm not trying to say he's a bad person, but if he fucking touches them, he is. And I don't want him to go there. Go work out. Go for a walk. Like, Kyler came into my room last night because he heard what was going on, and he was concerned. So we stayed in my room and listened. Yeah. Kyler lives there, too? Yeah. Kyler heard them on the morning. So the whole family lives there, except for Kettner. Avery doesn't live there. Well, Avery and Kettner. Oh, so not the whole family, but two of my children do live there, yes. Oh. And Kyler... Well, we all know the sound of violence. We all know when you hear shit like, uh-oh. Yeah. And Kyler told me that the day that she went into labor that he woke up because they were in the bathroom together and Colby was yelling and saying things to her that Kyler said he almost went into the bathroom. And I'm like, the day she's in labor and he's like, what the fuck? He's got a lot of rage. He's an asshole. Oh, fuck yeah, he is. He is. And he's ignorant of the fact that he's an asshole. Yeah. Like, when I tell him, I'm like, Colby, just don't, like, don't smoke pot in Grandpa's house or whatever. Whatever you tell him, it's just a, he's like, well, fuck that. I'm like, seriously? No, he's, genuine, he's got some kind of mood disorder. But, right. Because I said to him, I said, Colby, if you talk to Grandpa like that, he's going <laughs> to kick you out. And he goes, fine. And I said, oh, so you're willing to make your girlfriend and your son yeah. have to live on the streets? Well, yeah, fuck that, fuck that. Like, you little shit-talking motherfucker, you don't, you have no idea what He's you're saying. so fucking entitled. Is that entitled? Yes. Threatening to move out is entitled? No, the fact that, oh, he won't kick me out, you know, I can do anything I want. No, I he's acting like it's fine if he does. Like, oh, I don't yeah. need that where's, shit. Where's he going to go? Live in a He's going to live on the street. Live in his car? He doesn't have a car. He doesn't have a car. Doesn't even have a car. Yeah. Like, he's not even thinking... That's entitled and grandiose to think that, you know, I don't care what... I think it's selfish and narrow-minded. He well, can't even think well, outside of himself. He's delusional. He's not delusional. He's angry. He's not delusional. He is so... He's like my sister, Julia. He is so caught up in his rage and anger that he cannot see how ridiculous he's being, how much he is yeah, hurting people. delusional. Ah. But it's... I see delusional... You can be delusional for any reason. You can be delusional in thinking that that guy really likes you. I mean, he just talks shit behind your back. Like, you can be delusional. He can be delusional that no matter what happens, he's going to be okay. I don't think he believes that. I think he's like, fuck it. If I live or die, fuck it. Well, then he's depressed. Possibly. Yeah. He, he was on the floor on his knees, crying to her as yeah, she's trying to feed a baby. He's fucking mood disorder. But he smokes pot. He claims that's his medicine. Shouldn't that yeah. should be helping him? No, that's no. It makes it worse. Uh, who knows? I I was hoping, like I encouraged Kyler to smoke as a kid. Well, I didn't encourage him. I went through Brian to do it. But he was angry and hostile, and Brian was so calm and cool and relaxed. He smoked pot all the time, and I'm like, well, maybe if, like Nick, you know, I tried meds with Kyler. We tried lots of meds, and I just thought maybe the pot would help. Like, it couldn't hurt, right? It couldn't make him more violent. And... Did it help? Yeah. Okay, so and initially it helped with Colby. But now it's like... It's like steroids. If he doesn't get it, he becomes his healing. <laughs> he needs medication. How do you... You can't. You have to not cross that boundary. It's his life. You are 
overstepping your... But I'm his mother, and I have to be on medication. No, you are overstepping your stuff. I am not. Well, you have to... Telling my son he has a mental disease that needs to be treated is not overstepping my boundaries. Uh, He is. If somebody was dying of a kidney disease, you would... assessment at the very least. I know, but I don't know how to... All right. I, I, there's nothing his I can wife do. Is all leave. this his is all ruminating is, about. Should no, I can't his change? His wife is going to leave him. If you, if, you know, and she will, be, will she? Yeah. I don't she, know. Some women don't. No, no, she will. Where's she going to go? Who knows? Her family already kicked her out. Baby daddy of the first son already. She's got nowhere to go, Nick. Yeah, so she's That's stuck. part of the horrible all right, situation. So she's stuck. She's trapped. And he knows it. Yes. And he plays on it. He plays on that. And it's fucking horrible. He's in control. He knows it. Is he a narcissist? Could be. He seems so caring and no. bonding with Eli. Yeah, but he, he's, and he, in, he's in charge. He's like, you know, fuck you, bitch. No, but Where see, are you gonna go? But see, um, he wasn't. And that's not how he talks, actually. He talks more like I used to, whereas where it's just a mind fuck. It's you make that person feel horrible and you make them feel like there's things they're not doing for you and they're a bad person because of it, and it's all this bullshit made up in your fucking mind. I, I'm sorry you're tired, Nick. I know it's past your bedtime. But, and, and I, I stutter, but I didn't mean to. I don't like where I go when I drink that. Where I go now. Like, I much more enjoy the conversations that I walk away with going, wow. Like, and when I move into my place on Tuesday... Which, pray to God, I do because my dad's, yeah, Ed hopefully will help me out. I'm not going to drink. I'm already clean, but I'm going to, and I, I'm going to try to stop smoking. I know they say you can't take away Smoke all vices at once. Yeah, I fucking what hate them. weed? Yeah, I don't have any. It's expensive. But, but weed will be the one allowance I'll give myself. Okay. Yeah. Did I tell um, you, my probation officer, when I told him I'm moving out of my parents' house, which is a great thing, you know, he's been advocating for that. Yeah. He goes, where are you moving? I told him, he goes, oh, I mean, that I have to transfer your case. And I looked at him, oh. and I was like, okay. And he goes, I don't think other probation officers are going to be as understanding as I am. And I'm like... Well, he's an asshole, anyway. Oh, my God, he's a psycho. And I'm sorry, but I am a... Thank you. So, so he says, he goes... Well, I'll just, you know, I'll just see what I can do about that. Basically, he's going to keep me under his thumb for as long as he can. And and if he doesn't think that another person can have compassion towards me like he does, no, he's, he's just full of shit. He's got he's a lot of boundary issues. Boundary issues. We all have issues. Um, do you want to sleep here? No, I don't. I need to go home. Uh... Thanks for listening to all of yeah. this rambling. Uh, I think at some point we kind of forgot we were recording, and every now and then I saw Nick look at the phone and point, and I'm like, yeah, so? I guess he thought some of that stuff we shouldn't have talked about, but that happens to be 90% of my life. That's life. And so it was It was good to talk about it. I would recommend anybody who has been depressed or knows somebody suffering from it, you can learn a lot about it by listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. Uh, it's Show 47 with Tyson Fury. And this guy, he sounds amazing. Like, he had it all. He famous boxer made MMA fighter. All kinds of money. Beautiful wife, kids, homie, had everything. And 
after his biggest fights, he would have the biggest lows. And if anybody recognizes that, I know that I do. And it's hard to explain to other people what that's like. But he nailed it. And anyway, Joe Rogan, Tyson Fury. This is Jody. I'm here with my good friend Nick. Hey. Thanks for listening.